BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to a new episode of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your hosts, 49ers insider Matt Mayoko and 49ers host Laura Britt. This is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O Tires. And Laura, you mean so much to 49ers Talk. I think that maybe you should just rest the final two weeks of the season. I don't want anything to happen to you that might impact you for the 2021 season. What do you think? I think that sounds amazing, although I don't think our bosses would think the same. I think they want me to work, and I think that's what the 49ers want Jimmy Garoppolo to do, but maybe not George Kittle. Is that where you were going with this? Uh, That is exactly where I was going with this. So, I don't know. I have my thoughts on this. I just don't think that anybody should be out there playing, really, because of... What we've seen this season with the 49ers is it just seems like one injury leads to another, leads to another. We've seen multiple guys come back from injuries and get re-injured. We saw it Sunday when the 49ers lost to the Dallas Cowboys. We saw Mostert, who's been in and out of the lineup throughout the year. He aggravated his high ankle sprain. I can't imagine that he would get back on the field this season. Uh, We've seen it with Debo Samuel. So I just don't think there's any reason with this team being out of it. You know, they fall to five and nine on the season, and man, what a difference a year makes. 13 and three last year, go to the Super Bowl, five and nine this year, just kind of holding on, scrapping together. I just don't see any reason why they would want to bring back George Kittle and leave him susceptible to some injury. He returned to practice last week. And then the same goes for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he hasn't returned to practice. I anticipate he might get on the practice field this week in Arizona. But being out there at practice in a controlled environment, that's one thing. Being out there on the playing field, that's something else. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm with you 100% on George Kittle. They signed him to a five-year, $75 million deal. I'm not touching the guy. Let him rest. Let him earn his paycheck. Let him do whatever he needs to do. His talent is proven. He has done that time and time again. He's a fighter. He will get out there if you let him. That's one thing we've learned about George Kittle during his time with the 49ers. I'm on the fence about Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's why. Jimmy Garoppolo still has something to prove here. George Kittle doesn't. We know what he's capable of doing. Jimmy Garoppolo still needs to prove himself. But my question is, do you get the answers that you need in two games, if he is able to even come back next week against the Cardinals, I'm not even sure of that answer. But if he is, can you get the answers that you need in two games? I, I don't think so. So then you have to circle back around and say, okay, well, then if you can't get the answers that you need, why put him out there anyway? And all of this goes without saying you don't want to run him out there if he's not able to. If he's still having trouble with his ankle, 
his health and his safety are the most important thing. And we've heard Kyle Shanahan talk about that. He doesn't want to risk Jimmy Garoppolo potentially having to have surgery. So all of that goes without saying. If he's able to be out there, I don't know that you're getting those answers in two games. I think you're still stuck at the end of the season if you're Lynch and Shanahan kind of with question marks, no matter if he goes out there and has a 500-yard game. I don't think that makes a difference. Do you? I don't. But first, 49ers Talk is brought to you by Planet Orange, effective, eco-friendly pest control. I really think, Laura, that the 49ers have all the answers on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think at this point they know what they have in him. And, you know, I just remember back to 2017 when he was with the team. He came in the middle of the season. He finally got out there. I should say finally. He, was, he wasn't really with the team that long before he got out there. And he went out there. He threw it around. He made plays. It, the 49ers were fun to watch, even though that season, you know, they only won six games. Five of them were the final five games of the season when Garoppolo was out there. So they went into to the 2018 season with all kinds of uh, momentum, with energy. People were talking, you know, trendy Super Bowl pick and all of that. But I really thought the thing about that season was everybody was having a lot of fun late in the year because they weren't going anywhere. There was no pressure on them to play winning football. There were no expectations. And I just think that, you know, they, they played that way. They played loose. They played carefree. Garoppolo was slinging it around the field. And so my point is that if he were to come back at this point, they're not really playing for anything other than being a spoiler. And I think that's a whole different mindset than when you're playing you know, games that, that matter for both teams. And certainly last year, the 49ers played a bunch of games that mattered for both teams. And I thought he played really well through most of the season, if not, you know, darn right all the season. I, I thought he played some really good football. But, hey, things change in a year. And this is the, the third year, the third full season that Garoppolo has been with the 49ers. And he's basically missed two full seasons of work. So, you know, that's going to open things up for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to really take a deep dive in what they want to do with the quarterback situation because, you know, as they always say, the, the best ability is availability. And Jimmy Garoppolo just hasn't been available enough to make an impact other than last season when he was healthy the whole year and the 49ers came so close to winning the Super Bowl. Another thing that Kyle Shanahan talked about after the Cowboys loss on Sunday was the disappointment from this season. Now, nobody on the team, including Shanahan, will make any excuses, but I'll make excuses for him. I'm not on the team. I can make the excuses. You think about injuries. You think about COVID. Yes, other teams in the NFL have had to deal with COVID. No other team in the NFL has had to deal with the rash of injuries, and not just to any player, to very key players and all over the field. I mean, there is not a position group on the 49ers that has not been affected by injuries this season. Those are the excuses I'm making for them because they're real. This is the reality of what the 49ers have been dealt this season. It has not been easy. I, they came into 2020 with, with high expectations. You come off the Super Bowl loss. You keep a lot of the team together. The chemistry's there. The talent's there. But then starting early, I mean, in week one, it's Richard Sherman who goes out for a long time. Almost all of the 2020 season. Just get him back a few weeks ago. So, you know, th while they won't make the excuses, 
I think 49ers fans have to take a step back, and, and even people on the outside, you know, media, when you're criticizing this team, you have to realize they're not playing with half their guys. I mean, they've been down to fifth starters. You can't even fifth backups. I don't know what to call them at this point uh, at certain positions. So it's hard to understand a team that has been dealt all these blows having many more than five wins on a season. It's honestly been impressive to me that the 49ers defense has been statistically as impressive as they've been without Nick Bosa, without Solomon Thomas. I mean, that list continues. Yeah, what's kind of funny is, uh, it's certainly not funny, but it's unique that I was just thinking about, you know, pretty much every position group with the 49ers has been impacted. And then I thought, well, maybe not, maybe not linebacker. You know, Fred Warner's been out there. But then I thought, oh, that's right. Quan Alexander started the season as the starter alongside Fred Warner. And then he gets injured, and then Dre Greenlaw steps in there. So Dre Greenlaw is certainly not a backup player because now he's a starter after Quan Alexander gets traded to the Saints. But when the season started, basically, Dre Greenlaw was a backup player. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Here's one guy. If we're looking for things to take from this season and there hasn't been much, you know, there have been guys who have played some really good football. Uh, Jason Verrett is one of them, but he missed the game on Sunday against the Cowboys with an illness. You know, some other guys have, have played pretty well. But I tell you what, I, I think I'm just kind of I'm throwing it out there. Is Brandon Ayuk the 49ers offensive player of the year, their offensive MVP? I think he is. 59 catches, 733 yards. He has the most receptions from a 49ers rookie wide receiver in franchise history. He is, he needs about 100 yards a game in these final two games, a little less than 100 yards a game to break Jerry Rice's record. You know Jerry Rice, he's the, uh, he's the I, fourth or fifth, no, was it? I don't third, know Third him. or fourth I'm best not, receiver? Not aware of uh, a yeah. G, one Jerry Rice. Yeah, well, according to Randy Moss, he's the third or fourth best receiver in uh, NFL history. Wait, Mayo, can we get to talk about that for a second? That is, that's so <laughs> ridiculous. So I know, so Randy Moss was on, if you're not up to date on this, we'll get you up to speed real quick. You can, you can use the old Google machine to find out more too. Randy Moss goes on Tio's podcast, I think it was, says that Rice isn't the GOAT, that he's the GOAT, and that Rice isn't even number two on that list, and potentially not even number three. He's, I don't know, somewhere three or four, but that it's Randy Moss, then T.O., and then Jerry Rice somewhere down in three or four or five, somewhere else. Ah, I mean, come on. We can't, we can't take this there, guy seriously. There has to be some story that no one has told yet. Did, did Jerry Rice do something to Randy Moss? Did he like not sign an autograph properly for him or misspell his name? I have no idea. But yeah, that that is absolutely ridiculous. And having been around Jerry and seeing how hard that guy worked, oh my goodness! I mean, what a what a fanatic! You know, you've heard the the Allen Iverson, you know, practice. You know, 
kind of dismissing practice. Jerry Rice was not only the greatest game wide receiver, he was also the greatest practice wide receiver. This guy was tireless to the point late in his career. Bill Walsh had to tell him, "Hey, would you mind maybe taking some days off? You're, you know, <laughs> you're you're getting up there in age. You can't continue to practice as hard as you do." But Jerry would have none of that. So, yeah, we kind of took a segue there. Yeah, for, we'll get um, back to Jerry Brandon Ayuk. I'm good at derailing us, Mayoko. That's one thing I'm excellent <laughs> at. I, I want to talk about Brandon Ayuk for a second because he has been yeah. really impressive. And not just that. I love the fight that you see from this guy, this rookie. In the Cowboys game, I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but they were down a touchdown or two. And Brandon Ayuk is giving it everything he has. He's not taking no for an answer. He is fighting tooth and nail for every yard. And I appreciate that from him, especially when the season outlook isn't looking that great. I think he's got a really bright future. I think it's frightening to think about Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk for opposing uh, defenses on the field together in 2021. And at this point, let's get excited about 2021, Mayoko. <laughs> let's do it. And I, I tell you, uh, that, that's something that you know we talked about earlier this season of can't wait to see Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk out there together. And we really didn't see much of it because uh, Brandon Ayuk missed a couple of games. Uh, Debo Samuel, whenever he got back into the lineup and was with Brandon Ayuk, he wasn't quite right. And now he's out for the season. And Brandon Ayuk, as, as we mentioned, about, about 100 yards per game these next two weeks, and he will uh, become the 49ers all-time rookie receiving leader from a receiving yard standpoint. So, Laura, one other thing that you need to know, any time of the day is Baconator time. Baconate in the a.m. with a Wendy's breakfast Baconator. Yep, all that bacon now for breakfast. Try one this morning free with any in-app purchase Always be baconating at participating U.S. Wendy's. You don't have to tell me hey, twice, Mayoko. Uh, oh, oh, I know, I know. You are you are a baconating fool. <laughs> um, we uh, recover from that one, Mayoko. Recover from that one. <laughs> um, hey, this is going to be a horrible segue, so I'm not even going to try to do a segue here. Um, we talked about Brandon Ayuk and how how great he has been. And a, a guy who's been so good when he's been out there, but he just hasn't been out there much, is Raheem Mostert. And he wanted to finish this season strong. And he's going to be the team's leading rusher two years in a row. But only 104 carries for Raheem Mostert this season. And with the injuries, the knee injury, a couple of high ankle sprains. You know, this has been a a difficult year for him in so many different ways, but also the guy is is kind of prepared for this for his entire life to overcome adversity. And he got injured in the game against the, the Cowboys, uh, his season likely over. Uh, but, you know, from a family standpoint, growing up in Florida, and, and he has uh, two young boys, uh, the second of whom was born this season, and he was fortunate enough to be able to make it to the birth of his his son I was able to spend some time with Raheem Mostert to talk around this holiday season about family his journey and what he expects 
from the rest of his career. And coming up after this break, my conversation with Raheem Mostert. At Big O Tires, we know finding someone you trust is key. Through December 24th, save $70 instantly on sets of four select tires with installation purchase. Plus, get a $50 mail-in rebate on purchases of $500 or more on your Big O credit card. Big O Tires, the team you trust. All right, uh, I'm joined now by Raheem Mostert. And, and Raheem, this has been just an incredibly difficult year on everybody. And it's, it hasn't been, you know, a great year for the 49ers on the field, especially coming off the year last year. But one of the things that I think will really stick with me uh, when I think back to, to 2020 is you and, and how um, you've wrestled with things like everybody has of family issues going on. Heck, even the decision whether you wanted to play football or not um, was a difficult call and not an easy call. You know, how, how do you think you'll look back on 2020? Yeah, you know, um, I, I will look back at, at 2020 in more of a positive, positive way. You know, um, just the simple fact that you know, we've all been through through something. And, uh, you know, this pandemic is just a, another thing that, you know, we all can look back and, you know, really, really appreciate the little things that we have before um, um, the pandemic and even after the pandemic. So for me, you know, I'm going to just look back at this whole thing and, and say, hey, look, it was a blessing in disguise. You know, I was able to, um, you know, um, sacrifice in a major way um, to go out there and do the thing that I love um, and play, play ball. But also, you know, just just the willingness that I have to know, you know, make a better future for not only myself but for my family. Um, and it, that's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, life throws you curveballs, and and it it depends on how you take those curveballs. You could take them full full steam ahead, or you know, you could you could you could call it quits. And I've never been a quitter. And so for me, that's one of those things where I just I take challenges as it is, and you know, as it presents itself, and. I go out there and I just try to make the most of it. And some, you know, a lot of stuff hasn't gone right, but some stuff has gone right, including uh, the trip to West Virginia, where you guys stayed between those games on the East Coast, and that enabled you the the opportunity to be there for the birth of your second child. Yeah, yeah, and you know that was a uh, that was major for me. Um, you know, I I, I didn't want to miss my son's uh, birth, uh, my second son's birth, but you know, I, I knew that. If it came down to it, I would, I would try my best to, to work it out with the coach and staff and the organization and, you know, thank, thank God for the, their, their cooperation and the things that they've done um, to allow me, you know, to, to be able to, to get that to that point to where I was able to go see my second son's birth and be there and hold him for the first time. Um, you know, I, I've, been, I've been itching to, to hold him these past months since that, that happened. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just thankful that I had the opportunity to get there and to witness that. And so you have not seen in person your family since that split between weeks two and three of the season? Yep, I have I've not been able to see my family since then. Well, I, I, I can't imagine. What, what have you been going through there in your hotel room in Glendale, Arizona? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's been tough. But uh, like I said, it, it's been one of those things for me where Thank God I have FaceTime. You know, I, I'm able to, to interact with my, my oldest son. Um, he, he knows who his dad is. He knows exactly, you know, I built that relationship with him, um, you know, a, a year ago. So it's just, been, it's just been a blessing, man, to be able to see him grow 
And then my second son, you know, um, he's still a little bit young. He's uh, two and a half, three months old right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where this is something that he, he's not going to remember. And, you know, I'm not going to remember. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, take these moments and, and cherish it. But at the same time, it's going to be out of my memory bank, just like that. And, um, you know, it's been tough, but at the same time, you know, like I said, it's, it's truly a blessing at the end. You know, you, you got emotional after the game against the Rams when you found out that, you know, the team would be not really welcomed back in Santa Clara County. Um, you know, I, you, you've talked a lot about family and, you know, I, I kind of want to open it up to you. Uh, a lot of people know your background and uh, the uh, adversity that you faced uh, from a family standpoint growing up. Would you mind just sharing what you feel like sharing about what it was like with you and your family when you were growing up in Florida? Yeah, you know, um, I didn't necessarily have the the picture-perfect family. Um, you know, it involved with, you know, a lot of moving around, um, you know, something so simple for me is to, and that's, this is what I try to implement in my family is to, to keep photos. Um, you know, I don't really have too many uh, baby photos of myself or childhood photos. And so, um, you know, that's one thing that I, I want to focus on because I know that it means that much. And, and to, to have those memories is something that, you know, I, I want my kids to have. Um, and, and that's something that I wasn't able to have when I was younger. So, so little things like that, you know, that, that just helped me inspire and inspire me to get to where I'm at now. Um, like I said, I didn't have the picture perfect family. Um, you know, it was me and my siblings. Um, you know, we were always, we're always tight with each other and stuff like that. And, you know, I have two younger siblings. I'm the oldest of three. So, um, you know, I've always felt like I've been able to, to be a provider, be, you know, a, a guidance to, to, you know, the younger ones. And so, um, for me, that's what I also want to implement in my family. Um, and, and it's just like those little things right there just adds up and, and collectively. At what point in your life did you realize that, that you wanted to be the dad that you never had? Yeah, um, I think it was in, in middle school, um, you know, just going through, um, you know, just, just seeing how, how my household was playing out, shaking out. Um, leading up until my, my freshman year in high school, um, you know, I, I always told myself, you know what, if I could just make it out, you know, and, and get a degree, then I would be set, you know, life, life will be set for me. And that's something that I've always tried uh, my best to do. And, I, and fortunately, I do have my degree in business management um, from Purdue University. So I'm the first to graduate my family. I'm the first to, to go to a major university. And uh, that just did, that just tells you right there how the mindset that I had at a young age um, of being, of being, you know, a, a person that wanted to thrive and, and to be successful and, you know, to, to not have my family live how I live. Um, and, and that's, that's really what motivated me. I, I Raheem, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how you did it. Uh, do you know how you did it? Because as you mentioned, I mean, the, the odds were stacked against you. Um, and, and just, you know, in life, you, you go to Purdue and even in your football career, just one setback after another, after another, what, what is it about you? How are you wired in that way to overcome everything that you faced? 
I would say, um, you know, determination. Um, you know, I, I've always th thought myself as a, a, to be a great one, um, no matter what it was. You know, like a prime example, if I wanted to be a surfer, you know, I could have chosen that route um, at the age of 14. Um, you know, I was a really good surfer and skateboarder. And so um, I just wanted to be great and, you know, just find something to, to allow myself to, you know, have that mindset to where I could push myself to be great. And same thing with football. I've always grown up playing football. I started playing when I was seven. So, you know, I felt like, you know, if, if I was able to, to reach that status or to, to wear a gold jacket, then I felt like my life was complete. And, you know, I'm still working my tail off right now, you know, try to get that gold jacket. And, you know, the odds are always going to be against me. And that's something that I've always looked at as a challenge. And, and I'm able to, to, to say to people, hey, look, you know, no matter what you go through in life, it's always going to be a challenge. It's just you have to handle that challenge a certain way. And uh, for me, you know, it was always I know where I want to be. I know where I, where I got to go. Um, I know what I got to do to get there. And, you know, I'm going to work my tail off to, to make that happen. Um, and, and gold jacket for me has always been my number one, my number one dream. Most guys want to win a Super Bowl. Most guys want to, you know, have all the money and the fame. But for me, it's, it's the gold jacket. You know, I want to be, I want to be enshrined in, in, in Canton, you know, and, and that's what, that's what thrive. That's what made me thrive. So, so well, you know. Have you been to the Hall of Fame? Uh, I have not. Um, you know, I've, I've driven. So it's, we live, uh, me and my wife, we reside in Cleveland, of course. And, uh, you know, it's about an hour and a half, two hour drive to Canton. And um, we take a road trip every year um, to Nashville um, the 4th of July weekend. And every year we pass, pass by Canton. And, uh, you know, I tell my wife every day, you know, I'm going to make it in there one day. Um, you know, I, I never wanted to stop simply because my, my aspiration is right there, right then and there on that highway is, hey, look, I, I can make it in there. You know, when I, when I make it in there, that's when I, I know that, you know, I'll be able to visit. Um, and that's, that's something I've always wanted to do was to, to make it. So um, that just gives me that extra. And when, when you drive past it, you could just feel – the 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 greatness around it it's like a horror that's just around the building around that whole that whole area and you could just feel it uh within you and and especially me i, I always feel it so um every time like i said every time i drive drive past it it's just that's good enough for me you know um and when i get enshrined if i'm able to that's something i want to look back and be like i did all that for the right reasons yeah. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of good football ahead of you. I mean, you're 28, which isn't young, but in football wear and tear, you're a lot younger because, yeah. I mean, I just looking it up. You only had 136 rushing attempts in your four-year career in college. You have fewer than 300 rushing attempts in the NFL, and yet you're averaging 5.7 yards a carry, which tells me that somebody needs to be giving you the ball a lot more in your past and a lot more in your future. So, uh, you know, how have you looked at this season where we talked about all the adversity you face? I mean, compared to what you're going through now and, you know, you've missed games this year with, with the knee, with the ankle, it, it doesn't seem like uh, those are issues that really – have an effect on you because of everything else that you've overcome. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I look at it as, you know, injuries are going to happen in football. Um, you know, not, I want to knock on wood and, you know, say that, you know, everybody, I would be shocked if one guy doesn't come out with an injury, you know, in this league because this league is tough. This league is hard. And, and, and guys get bruised and, bruised and nicked and, and tweaked and stuff like that and tears and stuff. And um, for me, you know, it was more of that, you know, I, I know what I got to do. I got to make sure my body's taken care of because my body, I have to treat my body like a temple. And, um, you know, like I said, if I want to get to where I want to get to, I have to make sure I understand that and, and put myself in those positions to take care of myself. And so, you know, missing these games and, um, all the adversity, you know, it's just a buildup for, for me to, to express myself or to go out there on the field and just show up and, and make an impact. Um, like I try to every Sunday, every Monday and every Thursday, um, and even every Saturday, you know. Um, so, you know, I just try to try to look at it as a glass full, you know, half full, half, half empty deal. Um, you know, just go out there and just do what I got to do. When you guys made the move to Arizona, uh, one of the things that Kyle Shanahan said was that he wasn't going to promise you guys anything. You know, he wasn't going to tell you guys when you'd be back, wh what, you know, what the time frame on anything was. But the one promise he made was that everybody, if, if you chose, could have holidays with the family, whether it's coming back to the Bay Area or family meeting you in Arizona. Uh, you're, as you mentioned, your family is still in Cleveland. Uh, your wife, Devin, your sons, Gunnar and Nico. So what, what, are there any plans for the holidays to, to, to be reunited with the family? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Yeah. Me, uh, me and my wife talked about it and we just decided that it was best that, you know, they just lay back in, in Cleveland, um, you know, simply because of the pandemic. Um, I would have, it would have been nice to have them out here, but you know, that, I couldn't be, I can't be selfish, especially putting my family at risk. And um, it's something that I just, I, I know that I wouldn't, wouldn't allow and wouldn't accept um, if they, if they were to come out here and something did happen, um, you know, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be okay with that. And, and due to the fact that I'm just being stingy, um, that's not something that I'm about. I'm not a person that, you know, is only looking out for himself. I'm always looking out for everybody else first and foremost before me. Um, and that's, that's how I treat my family, you know, um, by me making a sacrifice to play ball this year, um, that was a, a collective thing between me and my wife, um, simply because I, I, I want to be able to win another championship. I want to be able to, um, you know, go out there and perform at a high level. I want to be able to provide for my family and have that longevity for them and set up a future for them. Um, and, you know, I just can't miss a beat. And so that's one thing that, you know, me and my wife talked about even with the holidays is, hey, look, you're going to miss out. But, um, you know, safety's first, you know, family's first. And I got to think like that, especially now that I'm, I'm a father. Yeah. You know, Raheem, there was a, a game last year, I think it was late in the season, might have been in the playoffs, where I was walking through that the tunnel there by your locker room, and I saw your wife with, with her Mostert jersey on, mm -hmm. and uh, Gunner was with her. And I, I, remember I said hi to her, and I – I'm pretty sure I, I told her, man, you must really be proud of, of your husband's journey to get to this point. And I, I just wonder, I, I bet, you know, having met Devin as a Purdue soccer player when she was there, what, what she's done yep. for your, for you and your family uh, back home. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it, it's killing you that you can't, 
be there and, and provide assistance and, and whatever support she needs. But just talk about the team that you guys have, have really combined to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, um, you know, she, she honestly is the glue to the whole thing, the whole operation. Um, you know, when, when I was going through the deal in, in Purdue, you know, I met her my freshman year, um, first semester, and uh, we started dating second semester. And, um, you know, that those times right there just just solidified the type of person she was because she didn't know anything about me. She she knew that I played ball and I'm from Florida and, you know, Florida kid coming up to Indiana is not a good combo. You know, um, I'm over here wearing trench coats and and stuff like that. And I have no idea what I'm doing. And so, you know, she 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 really is is an inspiration, Um, you know, not only just because of, of, you know, what I do, you know, she's the, she's the reason why I, I am the way I am, you know, who I am today, who I'm able to present myself to, um, you know, it was tough times, um, you know, in college, there's times I, I wanted to quit college just because it wasn't going my way um, football wise, but I knew that, Hey, if it's not going football wise, at least let me focus on academics. At least let me try to do my best to get my, my degree. And she was definitely that that spotlight. She didn't she didn't do any of my assignments. Um, she only, she merely helped, you know, just allowed me to to be able to vocally speak to people because I was shy. You know, I wasn't really really vocal. Like right now, she'll tell you, "Hey, Raheem would barely speak a sentence." You know, um, and that's those things that I worked on. And so, like I said, that's why I wanted to to be able to 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 have that degree and stuff like that. You know, and like I said, football wasn't wasn't the best for me. Um, you know, I was going through a coaching change my my junior year, and um, it just looked like the world was just collapsing on me, football wise. And like you said, my stats—I only had a hundred and something attempts, but you know, I was being effective as much as I possibly could. I just wasn't getting the opportunity, and so it, it carries on into the 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 NFL. You know, me being cut by several different teams and having to move and pick up and stuff. Well, she was behind the scenes doing all that stuff while, you know, I'm I'm going to a different team one week and going to a, a different city the next. You know, she she was definitely the, the the inspiration and I can't I can't be any more grateful for her and her family because they really have my back through the darkest days and you know, I'm always gonna be be grateful for them. Yeah. I have a question for you about your your first son's name. What's what's the origin of Gunner? Mm-hmm. So my wife was originally, if she was a, if she was a boy, um, they were going to name her Gunther. Okay. And then um, we also put it together because I, I was, I'm the best gunner in the league yes. um, at the time. And so uh, we just rode with Gunner and that was just something that, you know, it just stuck. That's funny. Cause I thought, I wonder if it's because, I mean, you really didn't get your chance to be a running back. Mm-hmm or you wouldn't have unless you were such a good special teams player as a gunner. And, you know, I know people here thought that you were the best in the league and then it turns out you're one of the best running backs in the league. So it's funny how that, how that worked out where there's nothing more selfless than being a special teams player. And by paying those dues, it got you the opportunity to be, you know, the number one running back on a Super Bowl team and, you know, teams leading rusher two years in a row. So that's uh that's that's quite a compliment that that you're able to take it through that you know that path to get to where you are you, you there's no shortcuts for you are there 
No, there's not. And, and like I said, that's that's why I want to tell people like, hey, look, you know, there's it, life is not easy. You know, there's always going to be difficult, hard decisions, but it depends on the type of person you are. If you can take on those challenges, I, I highly challenge people to take on those challenges because you never know. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. And for me, my light has always been, I know that I'm going to be great someday. So why not give my all to everything and, you know, pay my dues and do what I have to do. So that way I could be at that position where I'm like, hey, look, I'm sitting back. I did what I had to do. I, you know, the light's there and I'm great. You know, that's that's one thing that I want to be able to say. And it starts with hard work and dedication. You got to really have that self-belief, too. Yeah. Well, hey, Raheem, thank you so much for your time. And I, one of the many things that I miss about this season was not being able to, to pop over there to your locker and, yeah. and chat uh, from oh, yeah. time to time. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get back there uh, and things will get normal uh, for the 2021 season. Yeah, hopefully, man. And, you know, like I want to tell everybody, man, make sure you're staying safe and, and being smart out there because this virus is, 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 pretty bad and you know we got to take this on together so um happy holidays to you matt appreciate you and, and happy holidays to everyone else thank you guys all right raheem thank you so much are you faithful to the bay 49ers 2021 season tickets are available now and locations are filling up quickly lock in your seats today to secure your spot for next season for more information visit 49ers.com slash season tickets All right, we're back on 49ers Talk. We bring in Jeff Garcia. And, Jeff, you know, the 49ers fall to 5-9 and nine with the loss on Sunday against Dallas. And so, you know, we're just kind of looking ahead about uh, George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo. And Laura and I talked about this in our first segment about, you know, what the 49ers do with these guys. But do you think that there is some value in having these guys play if they're able to play in either one of these final two weeks against the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks? I really don't. I don't see the value of utilizing them in two really meaningless games. This is not going to be a playoff team. I think they've ruined all of those chances with what happened on Sunday against the Cowboys. Moving forward, they have two last games to really evaluate the current talent that they have on the roster. Whether that's getting a C.J. Beathard on the field to play some quarterback or continuing to go with Nick Mullins. I don't think you put Jimmy Garoppolo in that sort of position. When he first came to the team a few seasons ago, yes, they didn't have anything to lose, but they needed to see what they had in Jimmy Garoppolo. They needed to see him run the offense. They needed to see him read and react on the field. And yeah, some great things happened. It was a nothing to lose type of mentality. They just went out and played fun, played with having fun. And, uh, and it carried over into some victories, some wins to finish off the end of that season. But this year, it's been a whole different situation. Lots of injuries, lots of physical pain and struggle. And I just don't see where you put the value of two of your leading players on the offense side of the ball at risk by being out there in games against playoff caliber football teams that are preparing themselves for the postseason. Jeff, with that, it sounds like you think the 49ers have already made their decision at quarterback or else they would need Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, to see him on the field. Although two games, can you even get answers there? And, and it sounds like you think they already have made their decision. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I think that they need to reevaluate the quarterback position going into the offseason as far as 
Maybe it's a better backup situation to Jimmy Garoppolo. If they don't have an opportunity to really upgrade at the position, what's going to be available out there? Is a Matt Ryan available? Aaron Rodgers, he's not available. I mean, those are guys that are going to upgrade you at the position potentially. If those guys aren't available to be a part of your team, then Jimmy's your guy. And you have to go with at least one more season with him as your leader, as your starter. But doesn't mean that you can't upgrade behind him, that you can't maybe look at the draft and what's available when your pick comes as to what could be your future in developing a young rising star to be that quarterback of the future. I really think that they need to look at this position and really bring in somebody that gives them a different look than what they currently have. They have guys right now that are stationary targets in the pocket. They don't have guys that extend plays, that create when everything else breaks down around them. I would like to see them get a young player, or maybe it's a player available through free agency that can come in and be an upgrade as a backup and be a changeup to your starter that you can maybe utilize at certain times during a game when you want to utilize a running quarterback in certain situations, third and short or third and medium, those type of things where you can bring a change up. But as far as moving forward, I don't really know if there's a better answer to outside of Jimmy Garoppolo as far as the 2021 season is concerned. Yeah, and that's something I want to talk to you about, Jeff, because you know, we can talk about the draft, but I mean, the draft is a crapshoot from the sense that you don't know exactly, you know, right now where they'll be drafting. But even if they draft, say, whatever, 12th, 13th, 14th, or maybe even closer to 10, you still don't know which guys are going to be available. And the guy you might like, somebody else might like better and, and leapfrog over you or drafted six or whatever the case may be. So the thing about the quarterback situation, and I got to believe the 49ers are going to you know, look at what they can do with that position to potentially not only save some money, some cap dollars that they can spend on bringing other guys back, but you know, they, they just got to look at, they have to look at everything. And I'm going to throw a couple names out at you. You know, for the first time this season, we finally saw Marcus Mariota play for the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, he stepped in when Derek Carr was injured and he might be playing the rest of this season. And I, you know, I, I don't know if the Raiders can afford to bring back Mariota and David Carr. Is that kind of who you're talking about? Not specifically Mariota, uh, but somebody like that who has that kind of dual threat capabilities that he can he can use his arm he can use his legs and and what do you think about uh, Mariota being somebody that could potentially be integrated into Kyle Shanahan's offense yeah when you look at what Marcus Mariota did while he was in Tennessee he helped lead that team to the playoffs he was a playoff caliber quarterback at one time yes he had his downfalls he had his uh, negative strikes against him for certain things that he did on the football field. But that being said, he is a guy that can give you some, some playmaking ability, some ability to extend plays outside of the pocket, to be creative, uh, to have that athletic presence 
on the field. He did that a lot the other night against the Chargers. He was able to create through utilizing his legs a lot of run pass options that they ran, that the Raiders ran using Mariota out there. And he, and he was creative and he was doing things in a positive way. Is he somebody that could be available? Time will tell. I think another guy is Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was set to be the starting quarterback of the Chargers this year. Due to a physical problem, an ailment, he was all of a sudden pushed aside for their number one draft pick in Herbert. But there's a guy that plays within the system, plays within the pocket, but yet also has the ability to extend, to get outside of the pocket. And maybe a good backup to a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, other guys that could potentially be available. I know that Matthew Stafford's name's been thrown out there. Carson Wentz. Are they going to move on from Carson in Philadelphia? There's a guy who had a tremendous season, was really playing MVP caliber football the year they went to the Super Bowl, but has been on a little bit of a decline over the last couple years. Can he get back his mojo to what he was doing three seasons ago when that team was winning football games with him at charge before he got in, got injured and, and sidelined. So there, there might be some options or some opportunities to look at some guys that could potentially be uh, part of your future or at least strengthen the team from your top to bottom, your backup position. At Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, our total trust guarantee gives you 20-20 vision into everything we do. From service bay cameras, to service bay views, to our transparent pricing, each and every day. Speaking of price, now get $10 off any 17-point oil change. Go to speedyoil.com save for your coupon today. Most vehicles discount off a regular price. See store for details. Charge for additional parts service if needed. So in the offseason, we're going to be talking about this quite a bit, Mayoko. Over or under on the amount of episodes we're going to have focused on the quarterback has got to be like five. Um, at least, at least. But what 49ers fans want to know right now. L Laura, we've already done five and the offseason isn't even here well, yet. No, I'm talking about in the offseason, though. In the offseason. Okay, so we want to know about quarterbacks right now. If no Jimmy Garoppolo, let's just for this conversation say Jimmy G is not going to start the final two games. People have been calling for C.J. Beathard to start for the 49ers. Too many mistakes by Nick Mullins. We did see C.J. Beathard come into the game against the Cowboys due to Nick Mullins injuring his arm in, in, in some form. Jeff, do you think that the 49ers should roll with C.J. Beathard for these last two games? I do. I believe that they should because you have a guy who comes in with a fresh outlook. I think he doesn't feel the pressure. He doesn't have the expectation to go out there and win the football game. They haven't been winning anyways. But to go out there and just be a better decision maker, to give your players an opportunity to make plays. Now, they say C.J. Beathard is not a good practice quarterback. He's declined as far as what his abilities are. I don't know how he's necessarily declined when he hasn't been able to necessarily play. All they get a look at is what he does in, on the practice field. But with what we've seen out of Mullins, the turnovers, the critical errors, the critical mistakes at key times in a game, you can't continue to live by that sword. Meaning, players aren't really supporting him in being the quarterback out there on the field. I think going into the game next week with Mullins, 
at the quarterback position would be deflating to the rest of the players around the team just because of the fact that the last two weeks it's been turnovers by Nick Mullins that have led to so many unanswered points by the other team and has put their team in a difficult position to win football games. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that even if Nick Mullins is clearly the better guy on the practice field and knows the offense better and does this and does that, there has to come a point where you kind of rescue him because, you know, once you're a quarterback in, I mean, you get gun shy, right? I mean, he's sure. thrown so many interceptions, 12 interceptions, 12 touchdowns this season. He's thrown a pick in six straight games. You know, it was two interceptions in the fourth quarter of that game against Dallas. That just can't be good for his, for his confidence. And so how important is it for a quarterback, even a backup quarterback, who's not seen as the long-term solution by any stretch, just to kind of give him a, an opportunity to take a step back and, and not just kind of come crashing down under the weight of the season? Absolutely. I think the physical and mental toll that is taken on that position, uh, you could see it in his eyes. He's just not the same kid that we saw when he didn't know any better, when he just stepped on the field and, and made good decisions and, and his footwork was better and his decision making was faster, it was sharper, it was cleaner, he was more accurate. Now it's taken its toll on him. You see where there's doubt in his decision making. You see where there's a sense of holding on to the ball too long because he doesn't want to make the mistake, which in retrospect almost creates more mistakes, more poor decisions, uh, more delay in his decision making to make a throw because he's not wanting to make that mistake and it compounds it. So that being said, I think there's a time when you do have to save him mentally. It's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse, I see, for him. And so C.J. Beathard maybe is your fresh starter, your fresh guy to come in off the bench, to start the game fresh, to have a different mindset, kind of a, an upbeat mentality. Hey, it's his opportunity to prove that he does belong in the NFL, that he can play this position. And if it's not with the 49ers, he's auditioning for another team to give him a chance. And so I think you look at it that way and just get a fresh kind of feel at the position that everybody else can rally around. Sometimes it's just that energy of stepping into the huddle, that enthusiasm, that like mentality of like, all right, guys, let's go. Hey, I'm here. I'm going to help you guys win. I'm going to help you make plays. I'm going to help put you in the right position. I'm going to battle and fight through it and do everything that I can do. Nick Mullins is in survivor mode right now. He's like, please don't kill me. I don't want to be in here anymore. Nothing's going right. I can't handle it. And I'm not saying he's going through that. He's a pro and he's, he's approaching it as a pro. But deep down, he's getting that fear has, has overcome him. Yeah, it shows in the mistakes. I think that's really clear. I wonder, Jeff, what it's like to be in a locker room when you know that the, the playoffs are really out of reach at this point for San Francisco. You've got two games. They have a lot of free agents. There are kind of a lot of different ways you could take this. But if you're a guy that's you know, locked down with the 49ers, you know the season isn't going anywhere. How do you mentally go out on the field and play your best in these final two games of the season? I think you have to look at it like, hey, we have two weeks. We have six days of practice and we have two games to really uh, prove to myself that I'm going to give everything that I have to give. And it really comes 
falls upon each one individually. How they look at themselves in the mirror and what they expect out of themselves. Are they gonna be a quitter? Are they gonna be someone who fights their tail off and proves that they belong, whether it's with the 49ers or another team in the National Football League? And a lot of these guys are gonna be under the watchful eye come these last two weeks as to how they approach practice, how they approach their meeting time, their schedule, as to when they show up to the facility to get their work in. Yes, they've been challenged in so many ways, having to move out of Santa Clara, living in a hotel, the injuries, the rash of injuries that have hit them, everything that they've had to battle through has been a difficult challenge for them this year. But they, they're battle tested in that sort of way. Now it's about finishing off in the best way possible, finishing off by being able to hold your head up high, having a sense of pride about what your role is with this team and going out and performing it. Laura, Jeff Garcia, he brings it every week. Every single whether time. Whether the 49ers are if whether the 49ers are in it, out of it, great stuff, Jeff. Great insight from a quarterback, from a guy who's done it before as the 49ers look to I don't know what they I don't know what you want to get out of these final two weeks of the season, but you know, playing hard uh, you know, avoiding that the body language that we see with the quarterbacks after making picks. You know, one of the good things that, that came out of this, is, and I think you could probably relate to this, is that, you know, when one side of the ball isn't playing well and the other side of the ball is playing pretty well, sometimes there can become factions in the locker room. What was very interesting after the loss that the 49ers had to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday was Fred Warner not pointing any fingers at all. And he said, the way we look at it is if, you know, the Cowboys or any team they're playing gets four turnovers and we don't get any, then that's on us. That's on the defense. So I'm sure that uh, the guys on the offense kind of like that accountability where everybody seems to have everybody else's back. Absolutely. And that's the key to a, to a successful franchise, successful team. Yes, there's tremendous disappointment with not being able to be a playoff contender after being in the Super Bowl last year. But they, I think they also realize the reality of the situation of what they've gone through this year. Uh, what they had to overcome was basically insurmountable. The number of injuries to key players, key ingredients on this team that really just created the setback and, and the struggle that they had to really deal with on any given Sunday as to the obstacles that they were battling just going into the game, playing with a number of backups at key positions, not having your true leaders on the field that help you win football games. Uh, it's not to say that these guys didn't still believe that they could get it done, but unfortunately, the inconsistencies due to certain players and their play uh, has, has not allowed them to continue to get those wins. And so, yes, they've, they've, they've been able to kind of hold it together in the locker room. I think they realize that, hey, what we have gone through is more than what any other team has gone through across 
the National Football League, and we're going to hold it together. We're going to support each other because that's the type of players, those are the type of leaders that we have in this locker room. We're not going to point fingers. We're going to take it upon ourselves. We're going to be accountable for what's happening. We, hey, we win and we lose as a team, and uh, this is just the situation for this year, but let's go out and try to finish it strong. Let's try to go out and knock off two teams that are headed to the playoffs and, and be difference makers in those ways. I just do that, Jeff. My request is that they do that without turning the ball over. Just one simple request. That's <laughs> Absolutely. It. All right, Jeff Garcia, great having you on 49ers Talk for Matt Mayoko and Jeff. I'm Laura Britt, and we will see you for another round of 49ers Talk. We'll also keep you updated with all of our 49ers coverage on NBC Sports Bay Area all week long. And you can read more from Matt Mayoko and our reporter Jennifer Lee Chan on NBCSportsBayArea.com or the My Teams app. Thanks for listening to 49ers Talk with Matt Mayoko and Laura Britt. Please rate, review, and subscribe for free on your podcast provider. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.